with season three of Ted Lasso coming out, we wanted to get together with some of our Agile friends and talk about how the show and cast relate to the work that we do and the things we see out in the field. Or pitch. Welcome to Agile After Dark, the podcast that addresses Agile topics not talked about in the light of day. I'm your host, Greg Adams-Woodford, and with me virtually is my co-host, Brandon Gartley. Hey, happy holidays, bud. Excited about this episode. I think it's going to be an amazing one. Well, it's it's, it's going to be really interesting because I don't think people would ever recognize what the topic could be, and I think it's going to be really great. And the guests are awesome as well, obviously. So, and our other amazing co-host, Jessica Gulliela. Getting better every time. Soda. Jesse G. Must, much closer. Minnesota. She's here, and she is the expert in coaching and um, works. We, uh, we're always excited to have her because, n- number one, she's so uh, informative and it has so much subject matter expertise, but this particular topic, I think, is something that's in her wheelhouse with just coaching, and so um, we're so happy to have Jessica to join us again. Real excited to be here, actually. I think this is going to be a really interesting conversation. With us today also is we have two people who are really excited to be a part of Agile After Dark. One is Rennie Atkins and lives in Chicago. It is one of the most interesting people, and I'm not saying that just because it's platitude. I mean it. One of the most interesting people I know, one of the smartest people I know, and he's got a particular point of view also on coaching like Jessica, so we're really excited to welcome him to the, the podcast. Thank you, Greg. I'm happy to be here. I'm excited about it, like you said. Also really excited to have with us today a young woman by the name of Lauren Burns from San Diego. Um My experience with Lauren is she met a bunch of my colleagues um, a while back and they would not stop talking about this amazing person that they'd met. And then I got the opportunity to to work with her myself and they could not have been more right. Um, An absolute joy of a human being. She's a fantastic agilist, um, really, really smart person and a uh, woman after my own heart, a total lover of dogs and does all kinds of amazing things in the world um, for for puppies. Excited to have you here, Lauren. Excited to be here. I feel like I'm like with all my heroes. <laughs> <laughs> we may or may not hear some puppies, you know, in the in the background, either from Jess or yeah, Lauren. Yeah, we'll, we'll try our best, but... We're happy. We're happy with that. It's all good. We're happy with that. We're happy with that. We got some big barks in this household. Yeah, puppies is an understatement, but they'll always be puppies. (laughs) Indeed, indeed. So, Lauren, like, what's your what what excites you about what you do from a coaching perspective? What is your point of view, and why did you get into coaching, and and what is your sort of focus? So I'd say my biggest, strongest feeling about agility and coaching is the same thing that pulled me into it, where who says work isn't allowed to be fun and that you have to, you know, live to work and work to live, whatever, all the whole back and forth. Why can't it all just be together? Like you like going to work and seeing your friends and your friends become family and 
everyone acknowledges their life outside of work. I remember when I first saw was exposed to business agility. It was like this group of people over in the corner who one looked like they were having way more fun than everybody else. And two were also making way better work than anyone else. And I remember walking up to them. I was just like a young, fresh, new professional, basically my like second week in the big business world. And I basically said, I want to be you guys when I grow up. And it has not let me down in the slightest over the past few years. It's my most productive projects. The work I've been most proud of has been when I'm on really good agile teams. And those are also the times when I've had the most fun working. And so I believe in it 110%. And it's just not so nice to be able to say like, yeah, I don't dread Mondays and I don't get scared if I have an emergency and I have to miss something because everyone understands you know, being a human and having a life. And also everyone knows everyone really loves work and loves each other. It's a really good place to be. I could get all sappy about it, but I'll cut myself off there. Well, and we'll, we're going to get into it more, but one of the things I really love about what you said is that it's, it's not only the human interaction about having people, but enabling people to be good, right? Because that's, I think the most important thing about being a coach, which is what we're talking about today is that you can enable people who never thought that they had the capability to do that. And you can say, no, no, you're look, you can do this. Here's, you know, just, there's a couple steps, whatever, you know, the, the instruction is whatever instructions, a bad word, but Brandon will edit that out. But, um, you know, you, I, I think that's really important in that the, the fact that you enable people and enrich people's lives. And that's what you care about, right? That's what you care about when you come to work every day. And that's amazing. Totally. Because I mean, it's what everyone says about how you know you have to make mistakes to learn and do things like that. And it's so often that people feel so much pressure that they're afraid to try something new or even learn something new because they want to stick to what's comfortable. And it's just 24 seven being in the growth mindset. And I don't think there's anywhere that I could be learning and growing as fast and in this having such fun as I am right now. That's a fantastic segue right directly into our topic today. Um, so Greg, if you want to hit us with the topic, I think everything that Lauren just said is so applicable to exactly, exactly what we're going to be talking about today. I totally agree. And I, I, I definitely led before I should have, but one of this, this is a, a fantastic episode. It's that, you know, we're, you know, in the Agile Dark After Studios, and the topic is Believe the Ted Lasso Way. So for me, it's taking something that's, you know, a pop culture, you know, icon that most people just watch and they, you know, they, they, they get it. But to take that and to say, what are the lessons we can learn from that in a fun way? Because it is fun. It's a really well, very well written show, I would argue. Um, and see what we can do with the subject about, you know, coaching. And I, and again, I would leave it to the, to the three of you to talk about that. Fantastic. <clears throat> so before we get too, too deep down the rabbit hole, um, for those of you who don't know, Ted Lasso is, uh, is a television program 
about an American football coach who um, is asked to go be the soccer coach. And I struggled there for a second because it's football everywhere football. else. Yeah. <laughs> to be the football, but let's let the the soccer slash anywhere else but America football coach um, of an English soccer team um, in the midst of kind of a chaotic time for that soccer team. And everybody believes, <laughs> believe, everybody thinks that he is um, going to just drive this team into the absolute ground. And it turns out um, he was exactly the medicine that that this team needs and, and, and that he needed them. Um, so that's kind of the sappy technical version, but there's a whole lot more to it. But what's interesting is, so you can think about him. He, he could be from the upper Midwest. I'm making that point again. <laughs> he's in Kansas. Yeah. Kansas. Midwest. Yeah. But, but it's, it, but the thing, I think the thing about him is, but he's vulnerable and he, and he doesn't let, like constructs of in this case soccer you know in uk to dictate what he does he believes in what he does right which is why we call that it's a, you know believe it's a tell us away so i think that's the power in that i really think that's what, what i mean what i love about it is that he believes and he keep he, <laughs> he believes in spite of everything else, because <laughs> everybody's telling him, no, this is the dumb, you're dumb. Like you're not, you don't, you know, you don't, you shouldn't believe in this. This is the way it is. This is the way the corporation works. This is the way, whatever. But he, he just, he, he won't, he's relentless mm. in believing. Yeah. And for those of you who haven't seen Ted Lasso, uh, we'll probably have some spoilers in the show. But I think you should listen anyway, because this is the type of show you really want to see how it all fits together. I mean, it was uh, came out kind of in the middle of the, the beginning of the pandemic. So I think it was uh, the summer of 2020. Uh, and I think that's what a lot of the headlines that came out of it initially was, this is the show we need right now, I think was kind of the quote that I saw over and over about the show. Uh, because it kind of, it sets you up in a way, and we'll talk about some of the specifics because and how it's relevant to the stuff that we do. But it sets you up in a way you're like, oh, I know that character. I know that character. That's that stereotype. That's that stereotype. And as the show goes on, uh, you start to see the many layers, and it kind of gets into yeah. like a gray area of what you initially maybe thought it was, uh, which kind of gets us into you know, some of the things with coaching. That'd be one of the first things I kind of always think about when I think about the show is uh, you see certain characters that are part of it, and you, you think that they, they are what they are. And we run into that all the time. You know, yeah, that, oh, that senior developer, they think they know everything. Oh, that tester is just an introvert and doesn't talk. You know, this this person, that person, uh, this leader just doesn't buy into it. It's just because they're stubborn, you know. Um, and so those are kind of the things that we run into a lot. And I'd just be curious to hear from Renny or Lauren if, you know, there's other things in the show or kind of based off what I said that you'd want to build off of that. Um, no, I, I would like to build off of that. I thoroughly enjoyed the show. <clears throat> and... Um, Ted Lasso captured my heart really like pretty fast, you know, coming from Wichita, Kansas. I'm very familiar with Kansas and Wichita. <laughs> you went to school there, right? <laughs> I went to school there. Yeah. And, uh, and just the whole attitude and, and, you know, Wichita state, 
not exactly a uh, power five school for sports, football. Um, and then be put in this situation where he's coaching this other European football team. And, and he, his and my knowledge of soccer is about the same. <laughs> I actually learned about soccer, learned more about soccer watching the, the show, <laughs> like real, real talk. <laughs> uh, but, but, but the bottom line is it was, it was clear right away that he connected with people. Um, he only cared about the people that were in his life, um, about, how to add to their lives, how to champion them um, in any way that he could, whether it's a biscuit in the morning or whether it's, a, you know, just a kind word or over a beer or whatever it might be. Um, that's how we showed up. And that that just landed, resonated for me so well because that's how I want to show up. I love that, Renny. That it's, it's like the... <clears throat> I love that being there for people um, and showing up in the way that's going to be in best in service in service of um, whoever it is that you're there for and that you're working with. And it's, it can be different for, for each person. And um, I think that it takes a lot of, you know, Ted's got a lot of optimism. He is steeped in it. Um, and and it comes from deep within him. It's 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 something that his whole body just resonates, right? Yep. Um, and but uh, but layered onto that optimism is this deep care for each individual person. And I think, like, you have to pay a lot of attention. You have to come at things with intentionality in order to to show up in the way that's going to be most helpful in that moment, whether it's for the individual, whether it's for the team, it's what is going to be needed um, to be in service of, to help, to help enrich the lives of those around him. And I think, I think he does that um, re really intentionally. You could, there are certain moments in that show where he's really um, paying, he's constantly paying attention. It's from the little tiny quips that he has. He's he's listening deeply. He hear he truly hears um, what's going on with individuals, and I think that that's something that um, that we that everybody could could use a little bit more of is to to both listen and to truly be heard. Um, and I think that Ted does an amazing job of that. And and you know I think the thing that really impresses me about that character specifically, but also people who our leaders and coaches is that there's compassion. So you listen and you understand how people, everybody has a different situation, right? And you're also vulnerable to saying, I don't know everything. I'm not, you know, the end all be all or whatever. And you, if you have those two things, I think that's a, a critical thing in coaching, which I know you have, uh, Jess, because just the way that I've interacted with you over the years, but I think those two, that, that compassion and vulnerability, I think you have to be vulnerable, mm. right? He's totally vulnerable. Yeah. I mean, the listening part, there's like a quote from that that says, uh, he says something like you should do a Ted talk. Cause right now you're getting a whole heap of Ted listen. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like it's not even that I'm listening. It's just like, I'm really excited about what you're saying. So. You know, I want you to know that. 
and that's that's super cool. It's just a neat thing, and yeah, and the vulnerability stuff. I'll talk about it a bit later, but because it's one of my favorite episodes. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's where the gray area I think comes into characters, and it kind of surprises other characters on the show, uh, like the the owner. Um, I knew I was going to be the one to do this, Rebecca. Rebecca. Yeah, who's <laughs> a great character in her own right. Right. Uh, talk about stereotypes. I was like, is this major league all over again? Like where a woman becomes the owner of a club and she wants to run it in the ground for various reasons. Right. Um, so, uh, you know, I was kind of surprised in her character and that they have some similarities with, uh, with divorce and the repercussions of that on your personal and professional life. Um, so there's a lot, I, I guess we're kind of talking to, and I want to kind of keep going on this, on this track if we can, is I think the easy thing for us to do as coaches is say, oh, he's a coach. So what are the things that he does as a coach? And we've touched, touched on a few of them, which is listening and, and kind of being there for people. But what are some of the other things that you guys have seen just from like a coach-to-coach -coach parallel? I'd be curious to hear what you guys uh, have seen and, and thought about that. Because I know when I watch this show, I'm kind of like, okay, what is he doing? What technique is he using? <laughs> you know, we were talking earlier, I think it may be pre-recording here about um, improv and about and the way I heard that was like the way we truly sense and respond to what's going on in the moment um, and clearly he did, he I observed the character Ted Lasso do that um, all the time and I feel like that like that's what I got that's that's what I that's my stance really I guess of my approach when I get up on Monday morning and I'm facing the week it's like that's that's where i'm coming from now don't get me wrong i have a responsibility to to know certain things that's sort of like the price to play in the sandbox mm. um but but once you have your arms around some some basic tenets of of coaching and agility and you know what's generally practiced in the world i think from there it's like you know you, you just settle into a place where you know you're able to to bring yourself fully you know not sort of prescribed in any way um to any situation that you walk into did you just say the price that it costs to play in the sandbox is that what, yeah. did you say that yeah that's yeah, yeah. that is awesome i've never heard that before and i love that and yeah. i'm gonna so, so you, you need to know you need to know agile values and principles. You need to understand Scrum as the most popular framework used. You need to understand what scaling agile might mean for companies, what is generally most appropriate in scaling it, um, you know, the challenges that legacy organizations face, leaders in legacy organizations face. Like that all stuff is which is not that complex to figure out um and and you want to be responsible and have your arms around that kind of concept um as you go into these situations in real time and work with people right because at the end of the day we're coaching people to help them solve their complex problems yeah it's helping them figure out how to solve their own problems. And so it, we don't have to be the subject matter expert about SAP or, you know, name it, um, but rather, and we get to be their champion. 
that's another coaching move, I think, that um, that is that that Ted does a great job of really believing in people. I mean, believe is the is the the phrase. Right. And it's really believing in people and believing that people, given the space to do it, they can solve complex, interesting problems and giving them the 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 championing of them doing it um, and the, the protection really to be able to do it um, really ignites their their own creativity. Yeah, and that's really, I feel like, the thesis of the whole show almost and a big part of coaching at any level, whether it be sports or agile coaching, things like that. You don't have to know the topic at hand as well as people you're coaching. You're there to have the outsider perspective to, yeah, help problem solve, get a fresh set of eyes, like set everyone else up to do what they do best because they are, you know, the talent, the skill set. And you're just here to facilitate and really set them up to just kick major ass. And that's the point, you know, of the entire show where it's like, he doesn't know Jack about soccer. But then he becomes the best coach. Yeah, spoiler, it goes well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I just add, add to that is, you know, we've talked before uh, in terms of some of the softer skills, particularly as a coach. And a big one there is reading people, right? Uh, and it's it's interesting, kind of a backstory here. <laughs> I remember being really excited about the show and I pinged Jessica and I was like, have you seen this show yet? And she was like, oh yeah, I've seen all of them. And so it basically was going out to all of my coaching friends and I texted Greg and I was like, have you seen this show? You need to watch this show. And he's like, yeah, yeah, okay. No, no, Greg, you need to watch the show. This show is great. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I think you finished the whole first season in like a day and a half or a thousand, right? Um, a day. Yeah, because <laughs> it just, it, it all resonates so much. But, you know, the reading the room thing, I, I brought up Greg because he and I have had conversations about this. And it's interesting now in the world that we work in that's it's a little bit more difficult to do that in the virtual space, right? But I think you remember in one of the episodes, early ones, you know, you have Roy, who's that kind of belligerent, the guy that's the captain. You use the F word like every other, you know, word, you know. Uh, he's the, he's, sometimes, he's he just says, sometimes he he's just says sometimes he just says fuck and it, it expresses like a whole sentence worth of stuff right that's uh, that's genie because she swears like a sailor yeah that's right <laughs> <laughs> that's she is definitely a roy she's definitely a roy like character <laughs> we'll get genie on the show here soon you'll you'll understand you. and like I now have a new retirement gift that I need to get her. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but he, but you know, I think Beard says something like, "Why are you winding him up? You know, what's what's the deal? You're like kind of messing with him." He's like, "He's the one." He's like, "He's the one." If we're gonna make a change here, he's the first domino that's got to fall. And obviously, because it's a writing the show, so that comes. Oh, sorry, I just hit my mic. Uh, that comes through uh, later on, like much later on, right? But he seems like the least likely person. To really, because you know the other players don't really like him and all that kind of stuff, and that was one of those ones where I was like, God, I I feel that because I've been in a room uh, with a bunch of people that are working at different levels of organization, and sometimes it's the least likely one. Jess, Jess is nodding. You can't hear, you can't see her, but because we worked on the yeah, same you client, gotta look, you gotta look for your Roy Kent. Yeah, you gotta look you for your Roy Kent. You do. You gotta look for your Roy because uh, you get them across the finish line. 
I, I would also argue you have to look for your Roy, but you also have to look for that counterpart, right, in a room when you're reading it because you need to be able to calibrate what's happening in that environment, in that physical, social space to say, all right, who doesn't get along with who? What, what, why are, why is that dynamic happening? These are probably caused by small, you know, situations or issues. How do you put the people all together so that they're going in the same direction and they're happy? That's the most important thing. They're happy. They're happy in their work. They're connected to their work. They're doing their work. Like that's what's it really important. But that's a really hard thing to do. It is. And see, and I, it does. I yeah, just went through the Rolodex of Roy Kent's that I've worked with. Yeah. <laughs> that developer that is absolutely not going to be doing Agile and he's going or she is going to tell you all the reasons why until until it clicks. And then once that person is on board, Man, they bring the whole rest of the team with them, charging down the field and scoring goals. It is amazing, um, and just and what a delightful thing! I, I love human beings so much. What isn't it amazing that we have patterns of teams? In, so, like, yep. you can have team teams are are humans and different and the same and completely different all at the same time and and having an awareness of the patterns and having an awareness of the differences and having an awareness of each individual human as they are and how they interact with the other humans that are around them that's uh, that's ted lasso's mm. magic that's mm-hmm. the magic it's he he gets he gets roy kent to finally touch the believe sign he gets jamie tart to to open up and be vulnerable and it's all through through the work that that he does and paying attention to all of that all at once it's a really hard job yeah and i you know there's a there's another part of it in terms of how he relates to leadership so his relationship with rebecca is a fascinating case study in terms of it's a little less about the us as a coach and relating to the coach piece and more in kind of organizational teamwork and so forth uh, we talk about all the time on past shows how if leadership doesn't buy in, it's not going to happen. And talk about a leader that was uh, not interested in buying in <laughs> and fought it uh, tooth and nail uh, through the entire first season. Um, and it's interesting in the second season because really they kind of, I was like, well, what's that character going to be like? You know, now that they don't have the kind of anti you know, success story to that. And I feel like they did a really good, good job with that. And then their relationship as well. Wait, so just to, just to check in, you know, Rebecca's original design was, was for chaos and for failure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. More than just not cooperating. Like that was her intent. Yeah. Burn, burn this place down. Yeah. And for the people who don't know the show. That's a great point. Renny, that is a great point because I'll, you know, there there are more of those people than you think. And you as a leader, we're talking about leadership now, you have to be weary about those kind of people who have some intent that's malicious that you, you and it's there it's it's self-motivated, like it's for them. It's all about them. It's it's narcissistic in some ways. 
and you 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 can't you can't let that happen and you i don't know it's hard because they're senior managers or whatever but you you can't let that happen and i'm really i think that you're making a huge and, and message, really important and point the, the message from ted lasso about that leader who's up to sabotage is you coach right through that shit <laughs> yeah break through you, yeah. you you stay committed to yeah. them right yeah and the other tough note i thought was sharon like dr sharon was whoa she was like i, I was yeah I, I was like how, how are we gonna break through with her yeah right? yeah um and circumstance sometimes circumstance adds to it right allowed them to connect when she had that accident on a bike i felt like that was a turning point yeah well Absolutely. You know, i just want to quickly though it's very interesting to hear what you said, Greg, and kind of what we're saying is because it it kind of it still puts people in a box or a, you know a certain saying okay they're this person, but as we learn throughout the show, I mean her reasons for doing it. I mean if you're gonna have a a bad character, a person that's a bad person in the show, it's her ex husband. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Rupert oh, Mannion sure. is is the yep. is the bad guy in this show, mm-hmm. and she's actually trying to like stand up to him and show him, you know, well, that... but more importantly, she's reacting and Jessica I, and, and, and Lauren, I'd love you to, to, to chime in on this because I think there's a, there's a gender thing going on there that she, she is reacting to, you know, try to retaliate against him. Cause he's a total, you know, Son of a bitch. Yeah. And, and so, but, but she's not really making great decisions either at, because she's motivated in the wrong direction versus, Hey, I'm going to build this team and make a great team. She's like, I'm going to get this guy or, and it could be either, either way. It doesn't matter gender wise what it means, but, but I, I think that that's a, in a, a whether it's, it's, it's marriage, it's, it's everything. But I think it's an important thing to talk about because I think, you know, you can't be motivated by it's hard as a human being to not be motivated is probably the way I should say it by personal interactions or whatever. But people like, are great. And I, that's I'm just they like, are. That's they what I think. Are. So. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, that's what I'm trying to say is like he to, to Rennie's point, he kind of kept 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 being himself kept you know and like he's no, he turns out to be no dummy at all i mean he obviously can read every room that he walks into no one knows that and that's kind of some of the superpower that he has in terms of how he's kind of folksy you know cowboy like roy ken said right um but i think that that's kind of one of the things that's interesting about him and i was reading this article about a football coach here in the u.s and everyone was doubting him forever and and basically he he just stuck to who he was he was very genuine and he, you know, believed in, you know, giving credit to the players and he, you know, and he didn't play well in the media, which is an interesting take on this as well. Right. From a, here's what I'm perceived as I'm supposed to be versus who I really am. And he stuck to who he really was. We haven't heard, we haven't heard from Lauren in a while and I'm interested. Yeah. In I was just about to chime back in. Um, and it's like, sounds cheesy, but it's like so true where you're never going to regret being yourself and you're never going to regret being kind. And as much as people act like they don't care, everyone appreciates having someone that cares for them. You know, so even when there's moments like, you know, Rebecca 
by the time she is kind of won over by Ted, she's worried that he's going to, you know, hate her when she tells him her evil plan. And I think his, like, forgiveness in that is, like, the strongest seal on their friendship. Just just being accepting, even, like, there's no such thing as too late. Like Renny said, coach through the stubborn people. Just keep going. And the train isn't leaving without them. You know, they're not going to, if they change their mind later, we're not going to say, oh, well, don't you wish you would have bought in earlier? It's never too late. And that is the whole mindset of just feeling like the whole, the point is to get everybody on board. The point is that it's never too late. The point is that this is the place to be for every person, every shape and size, because, you know, you're, you're a human 24 hours a day, not just, you know, outside of the 40 hour work week. And it's important to be on a team that acknowledges that. And it's, you know, huge to be able to get to a point where you can, you know, swallow your pride, join something in and know that you're welcomed with open arms. Okay. I'm recruiting, I'm recruiting all of you just so you know, (laughs) just so you know, Hey, we're all family. That's, that's how it works. And Lauren, I'm really, that, that was really eloquent how you put that together. Mm-hmm. Well, I like the way that you you phrased that too about your human twenty four hours a day, um, and I think that we've been trained, or at least traditionally, to shut off that humanness um, for forty hours or sixty hours a week. That we're supposed to be one dimensional, um, right? And, and I mean, you I talked about it as women too. Mm. Yeah, and and you talked about it at the top about. What, what you I and I completely resonated. With, you, you get to bring your humanness back into the workplace, um, and what that to me means is that you know we have this front that we put up. That's here's here's who I am. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you read the cover page of my book, but not the rest of it because the cover you know the or the front page of it is exactly what it is that I want you to see, um, and and agility and coaching. And I think Ted Lasso does a good job of really opening the book and enjoying every page. And I think that agility and coaching and agility and being any part of in an agile environment, whether you're a team member or a leader or a coach, um, it's the invitation to read every page and really enjoy it because books are way more complex than just the, the, the cover yeah. And I think it's the opportunity to really enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm hey Brandon. Uh, quote, but what's the quote where he's like, I love these little glimpses into your personal life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, it is. It is. It is good. And that's how I feel with remote work too. Every time someone's dog barks, kid runs into the room, you know, there's different things going on. People are like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm like, I love, I love this. Yeah, I know. I got to meet some chickens one time. It was amazing. (laughs) I told Brandon this story today. So I so I just started this new job. It was like a HR, uh, you know, thing where it's like new hire or whatever. So I'm, of course, don't pay attention to anything like that. So I'm like, whatever, there's an HR guy that's going to be talking about something. And so the guy's name is David, who's really awesome. He, I 
it gets to me because he did it alphabetically, and I'm like, you did an awesome job with your office, like, so because what you know what, what you're seeing in your office is amazing, and the, the and and he's like, well, I can help you with that, and I was like, that's great, this HR guy is gonna set me up. Then, fifteen minutes later, I realized, oh, he's the CEO of the company, <laughs> and I was a jackass who was like. Hey, I like your I like your room. That's really great. Like, oh, he he's like that guy is not fucking smart at all. Like that guy, yeah. we got to get rid of I that guy almost... immediately. I had almost the opposite experience once where I'm like I was once told my my greatest strength is my inability to shut up and which is a wonderful thing as like a junior person in the workplace. How many times, you know, do different kind of like, you know, stiff work environments tell you, oh, you know, let everybody else talk. We don't want to hear from you. Seem not heard, things like that. I got in this meeting. It's going to be a big quarterly planning. I knew there's going to be a bunch of different people in there. I didn't know who was joining where. I was new to the account. And I'm just chatting up the first couple people in the meeting. And I didn't find out until after the fact that the rest of my team was giggling because I was the newest and youngest person there. And they get on the call, and I'm talking with, like, the COO about tubing. <laughs> like, like being, like, dragged by a boat. I'm like, my dad made me do it, and I was crying the whole time. <laughs> and they're like, oh, my God, I can't believe you're talking about this. But they're like, it's, we're all loving it, and it was, it was awesome. And sometimes that's the great the greatest way to go into something is completely blinded. Because I don't know if I would have said that all if I knew who it was. And, well, but I'm yeah. really glad that I did. Mm-hmm. I imagine that would be refreshing for the COO too. They don't get treated so. like humans very often. Mm. I think like so. everybody and, treats them with kid gloves, mm. and and isn't it nice that they actually get to have a human interaction? And Lauren, here's the thing that I would tell you because you know the thing is, and I, Brandon and I joke about the fact that I don't even know what I'm doing. It's not like intentional. I'm just stupid and I don't pay attention, but just, but having that sincerity and that honesty and just not having the pretense, right. Of people who are trying to suck up to their boss. That's a big deal. As you know, as somebody who's coming up in, in, you know, the corporate culture, I, I applaud you. Don't shy away from that because I've done it completely unintentionally for 20 years and it never, maybe, well, maybe it did hurt me a couple of times, but for the most part, it never hurt me. Everybody's like, what is he talking about? Like he's, you know, and I know this is off topic, but like you having that courage or in my case, stupidity, <laughs> um, or just, uh, just being uh, raw, like kids. Yeah, right? but yeah, but people appreciate that, and, yeah. and like 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 just said, and and yeah. I think it's, but you have to be brave to do that, right? Because it's scary to be in front of the CEO or the whatever you know person you're in front of if if you're paying attention, unlike me. But I think it's 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 important to be brave. Jessica is a perfect example of this. And I've watched her, I don't know how long we've been working for four years together or something like that. And she, you know, she's, you know, you're a shy person for the most part, Jess, right? And just watching her like become a leader 
and leading serious, you know, sessions at SIQ and Accenture and just watching her grow. And it's because she believed in herself and other people believed in her as well and encouraged her, people like Neville, you know. And uh, I just want (coughs) to, sorry, make sure that, you know, go for it. Don't, don't apologize. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, Jesse had a really good point about leaders just want to be training human. To get back to the show, I put out a couple of quotes that I just love from it. And one of them is from Roy. And he says something along the lines of, most adults think that uh, kids need to be constantly entertained. It's bullshit. I didn't need a fucking parade every day growing up, did you? <laughs> Truth is, they just want to feel like they're part of our lives. And then he ends it with little idiots. <laughs> but I mean, it, that's another just nugget of like, he's so like, he's so grizzled and such a non-happy person, but he hits it on the nail, right? Like people just want to feel like they're a part of people's lives, that they they are feeling like they're being treated human. And it's so weird that the, the, the different levels, depending on what your title is. And, but I totally agree with you, Jess, like Lauren's story, Greg's story, like they may actually go home and tell their, their, their family and say like, I, I actually had a really refreshing conversation today where this guy was telling me he loved my background, you know, instead of like kissing my ass, <laughs> you know, or he may be like, what is wrong? Why do we hire that guy? No I'm kidding. <laughs> but no, seriously. I mean, I think it's, I honestly believe most people and particularly if they've hired coaches, right? That comes from somewhere, right? They're, they're looking yep. for something. Uh, yep. And uh, from Jess, Rennie, uh, Lauren, um, and Greg as well, it's, you know, I've seen all of you in different situations where you just connect with a little comment about what you did over the weekend or, you know, uh, oh, I love, you know, uh, volunteering at a dog rescue, you know, uh, you know, it's a lot of different stuff. To get a little bit back on topic, I, I actually used th- that our work family as the example when somebody asked me, what's the best team you've ever been on? And I'm, I've, I've been on amazing teams, mm. uh, but we just gotten back from, from Phoenix and, and, and they were, they asked me what the qualities of that team were. And, um, I, I kind of melted when I talked about it, you know, because um, it's yep. an amazing group of humans that are incredibly diverse um, and deeply curious and um, vulnerable and um, willing to challenge mm. um, in a way in a way that is equally open. Like I'm challenging you, but I'm open to what you come back with. It's like it's like mm-hmm. um, mental sparring rather mm-hmm. than actually trying to injure someone, right? And um, I, I'll give credit to you and Brandon. Great leadership. Um, we had phenomenal coaches um, who cared about us deeply and who treated us as individuals and as a team. And um, I think that that all of that created a team that that has bonds that doesn't break, um, and that continue to work together even when we don't work together. But don't don't forget, we also went through, and, and because of the diversity yep. of the team, 
right? And which was the best part about the team, in my opinion, anyway. We went through a few things that we had to get through. We, I mean, we had to work some stuff out, and there was there was a lot of emotion involved in that. Mm. And um, but we did it. You know, we worked through it because we were committed to each other. That yeah. makes me think of the episode in Ted Lasso when they were trying to get rid of the 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 bad juju spirit. Yeah, yeah. You I know, like I mean, they. I mean, obviously, as a team, they went through a lot because they were, you know, they were losing and they had this new coach and they had to come together. But they also there was this moment where they came together kind of emotionally and vulnerably where they shared things. Um, They put them all in the burn barrel. Mm -hmm. Right. What's Mm -hmm. the bad juju stuff that you want want to put in the burn barrel? And I think I think that we've had qualities of that as well. What are the parts of this team um, that are bringing us bad juju? And what so what do we want to put in the burn barrel and get rid of the 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 bad juju and how do we want to move forward together? Yeah, yep. that's a great point, Jess. I would say that the teams that I've been a part of, including this one for sure, but other ones, whether it be athletic or anything else, it's the ones where you know it's it's hard. I don't know what it is. It's just maybe the society we grew up in, it's even worse now with social media and stuff. That vulnerability, we've brought up vulnerability several times in this show and in past shows and so forth. But, uh, you know, that's the first time we're like, oh, maybe Jamie Tart's not a complete asshole. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. maybe he actually had, and it's because you know, abusive father. Like, okay. Like, anybody talked very, you know, affectionately about his mother and how yeah. he wished, Good point. you know, that yeah you know, he remembered that the reason he really wanted to play was that she, it made her happy to see him happy. Right. And I think as human beings, even coach Lasso, right. That's what I also love about this show. I mean, the, the writing, it, it deserves all the accolades it's gotten. Um, because not since like a show like the West wing, where I've been like every episode, interestingly enough, the first two, it, they're kind of setting stuff up, but every episode after that, I'm like, how did they complete this in the time they needed to complete it? Because, the the levels of complexity in terms of a human psyche and and backgrounds and just kind of dribbling that along is kind of almost how we live and work day to day where like we'll have an opportunity to share something personally and every time we do that and and as coaches i know that we work to try and bring that out as much as we can with our clients man it makes a big difference it's a huge difference so yeah the the writing is the rising is so amazing because it's humorous, and then you read through it. Like I looked through all those those quotes, those quotes that you said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brandon, and I'm like, "Holy crap! That's really it's impressive it's writing." Yeah, you know, it is. Lauren, did you have hey, something? Je- Hold so- on. Hold on. I thought Lauren had something to say. Sorry. Sorry, I want to make sure. Lauren's not on video for her modem basically blowing up in her house, so it's a little harder for us to make sure that we can get the signals that she's got something to say. Well, we, we ignore Jess all the time, so why would we care about ignoring her, you know, Lauren? <laughs> yeah, but two years and a several yelling sessions later, Lauren, they'll, they'll, they'll yeah. start to let you in a little more. <laughs> yeah, Je- Jess has paved the way for me. She's made it easier. Um, but no, back on the, the Jamie Tart and just vulnerability in general, I think it's really important to, like, in the workplace and also just getting to know people even outside the workplace making friends wherever you're making them. Um, it's important to you know, do those little nuggets of vulnerability and kind of clue people in what's going on. Um, but for some people, that's really hard. Mm. And 
it kind of takes some time. Sometimes you might have to wait until you're back to into a corner where um, when Jamie's dad comes in the locker room and totally yeah. freaks out at him in front of the entire team, yeah. that's really exposing. Mm. Um, and I don't think he knew, you know, that the team and everyone would have the reaction they did of, of just support. Um, yeah. Especially when Roy gives him a but hug. You know, place yeah. you know, to say what's, What's what's really interesting about that that you're saying? You, I'm happy you brought that up because being backed into corner and being humiliated by your own family again, talk about vulnerability. Like, can you imagine? No. You know, and so we have to have compassion for people. That's a tough stance, man. And talking about Rennie when he said his, his natural stance, even as a coach. Honestly, it's less with the clients, and to be to be perfectly fair, sometimes it's within our larger coaching community that I can be like, "Oh, this person, oh boy." Yeah. So, firstly, you identified the second antagonist character, which is yeah Jamie's father, along with Rebecca's husband. Now, I can't think of a single other one, but who knows? Maybe something else will reveal itself. And also, there's like uh, there's room for a season. The next season for the show. I don't know what's going on with the show, but it's, there's only going to be three um, because, seasons, unfortunately. Today, because has already said it's got a three-season arc, then he doesn't really want to do more than that. So, okay, oh, interesting. Yeah, because yeah, because Ted has a commitment. I think you've heard me say these words before. A commitment that everybody is coachable. So yeah, yeah. it's like. There's opportunity for Jamie's father and Rebecca's former husband, which would be some tough. Yeah. Go ahead, Lauren. Yeah. And then there's the the moment that's kind of almost debatable. Where I mean, I'm I'm always 100% down for people first, but it is tough when it comes into like you know your career and your job and your livelihood, where you know Ted's thinking about bringing Jamie back on the team and isn't necessarily thinking about he's, he's you kind of weighing the pros and cons of like okay are we going to play to win or are we going to play for our people and it comes up more than once with just you know bringing jamie back on it also has to do with you know pulling roy Kent off at the end too where he knows this is going to be such a huge ding to his pride and he is trying to do everything he can possible to avoid it but he knows that's what he has to do for the team and then that's like the, the you know the the age-old question of, you know, at that point, with all that pressure, do you prioritize the person or do you prioritize the success? And, you know, I still don't really know the answer to that in general well, in terms of... I think you said it, you know, Very it, good it, question. Very, very good stake? question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, you said something around like... Their, stake, their careers and their families and, you know salaries and jobs and things like that you know is it more important to win or is it more important to look out for each individual yeah and you said something about it, you, you you said it very well lauren about um basically doing the right thing is the easy thing right that's the you know making the decision and kind of being kind and so if you had that choice right and it's it, it really isn't wrong but that's a very black and white way of looking at that and what you're bringing up now is that gray area right um how do you how do you make those decisions? And that's that's a really good question. And I think that's something that us as coaches, the people that we coach, us working as a team, 
there's a lot of that that it's it's that's a really that's a really good question and I don't think <laughs> any of us here would necessarily have a very succinct answer that I can think of because it's like one of the life's great questions I'd say hey so Brandon do you want to take a, a break yeah we're yeah gonna, yeah we're gonna take we a quick do break we don't have a sponsor what, one <laughs> thing I want to make sure though is I I and just I, I I would take your lead on this. Is there some gender angle that needs to be addressed in this conversation? Because I feel there is. I'm not sure exactly why I feel that <laughs> is, but it seems to be like something that needs to be brought up. Uh-huh. I don't know if there's maybe there's maybe there's something there. Maybe there isn't. I just think it's kind of an interesting topic. Lauren, go ahead with the show. I'd almost make the opposite argument that I yeah. think one of the most profound things about it is that they, they're they not like, we're going to handle this in a manly man way. Yeah. Yep. And one of my favorite parts is when Ted comes to practice late and he's like, oh, sorry, I was helping the boss pick out like nail polish colors. Like, this is that, this is that, what do you think? And just go, <laughs> boss is over it. And that. it's funny and it's sweet. Yeah. And it's one thing to make you like, makes you like him so much. And I think that's like also one of the points where the team makes right. the most progress is when they stop trying to act like big tough guys and mm-hmm. they acknowledge that they're people with feelings and concerns and worries just like everybody else and yes yeah, so i'd almost say it's the opposite that yeah. yep one of the big points of the show is like you know on both ends of the spectrum you know girls can be tough and guys are allowed to not be tough and when you treat people like people and not you know way that you think they should be you know because they're professional soccer players or they're Roy Kent or they're whoever um that's when people make the most progress is when they can just be themselves like I love um, 100 percent Keely and Roy's jokes we haven't even talked about Keely yet who is by awesome. far my wife and I's favorite character but, in the show can can we can we because Laura yeah. I mean I love you I can't believe I didn't meet you yet mm-hmm. but I I think you make a great point it doesn't need to be the whole second part of the show discussion, <laughs> but I do think your point is really well taken, and yeah. I think that we should probably at least we can mention it. That's all. I'm yeah, saying. yeah, no, and, it's good. And we cut, we touched a little bit. That. I think I, just ahead, to please. add on to that, just while Lauren's here, is I appreciate the fact that you said that because that was the direction I was going. And when a woman is acting like a boss, she she's not. If you do, if you don't treat her like a bitch and you treat her like a boss, then go. Mm-hmm. I, and that's exactly what Ted Ted does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you're right. That's a real turning point when they all set down their quote unquote roles and really participate as humans and teammates and all of that. But it's. Better. I totally agree. I totally agree. That was that is a an aggressive amount of supporting materials. <laughs> this may be the thickest yeah. episode notes you've sent out thus far. Yeah. Well, mostly because what I wanted to avoid was most of the episode being what was that girl's name? What? What does she do? Wait, the one the one that like, you know, becomes like a PR who is that? <laughs> I'm not talking I don't about know you, Jess. I was directed to. <laughs> I was definitely directed to Craig. <laughs> I I think I threw that part away. And we're back. And guess what time it is? It's time to talk about the drinks that we have, which we always talk about every episode. 
I have a switch up. I'm going to let everybody go because I think I should go last because mine is the most enticing. Interesting. Enticing. Enticing. So it's it's not a cranberry drink or with a straw or no, an umbrella? No. Nope. Okay. Nope. Um, mm-hmm. hmm. Those are always my favorite, though. All right. So I'll start. I'll be kind of bookend it here. Uh, thanks to our friend Brendan, who loves ginger beer. Uh, I've got some leftover ginger beer here, so I'm going to have a little vodka ginger beer. <laughs> Just because I got so much of it, as we always do. <laughs> and always. i got to get rid of the damn stuff. So much ginger beer. <laughs> so, Brendan, shout out to you, buddy. Appreciate it. Nice. Brendan, what are you drinking? Uh, I really wasn't drinking, but uh, now I'm starting to figure out that I should be. <laughs> you were drinking red wine earlier. I saw you. I was drinking. Well, that was with dinner. That's not really drinking. That's like that's the <laughs> digest. No, not digestive. That's not right. It's the company accoutrement to your food. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but by the time Jessica and Greg goes, I'll have a drink in my mind. Ah, uh, he wants to go last, Greg. Nice move. Well, okay, maybe just Jessica. I'm taking a second. Okay. all right so here's what i've switched to and this is this is actually out of it's an inspiration from brandon it's tonic and vodka with a lime Mm. so a vodka tonic vodka tonic (laughs) i I don't know i don't know anything about drinks like i like literally allison just told me i'm not allowed to drink bourbon because i smell in the morning Mm. so i'm not drinking bourbon anymore the vodka doesn't seem to smell as much. Tequila clearly does because Brandon told me that mm. um, that when we were in Tucson. <laughs> so I'm drinking this vodka and tonic and with the lime, and it's yeah. I guess it's all right. I mean, with fruit at I home, mean, I guess it's okay, does right, Jess? What I said with fruit at home is okay. I assume, right, Jess? It's just at the bar. Yes, so if it's home, if, yes, yeah, if it's yeah. home fruit, that's fine. Yeah, bar yeah. fruit, don't touch no, no, no. it. Yeah. And by the way, do you Greg, know how many fingies have been yeah. in that bar fruit? Yeah. That's just that is, that's actually probably how COVID started. But <laughs> they're gonna blame it on a bar. So, so Jess, I, I know that I'm gonna divert, and I know we want to make this short, but um, we went to you know we live you know, we live in New Jersey in the summertime, and we had this fruit fly infestation and what? it allison still wakes up in the middle of the night screaming no fruit flies <laughs> like she's freaked out about it so we have no idea how you got them but like she's she went ballistic on the fruit fly thing <laughs> they are, they're that, gross it's not great no yeah but by the way one more correction greg it's vodka Oh yeah, oh, vodka. Yeah, yeah, one vodka. of the W's. Yeah. One of the W's. Yeah. Whiskey, wine, yeah. vodka, and white claw. Yeah. Gotcha. Although, wait, real quick, have you tried Toco Chico? Yes, it's amazing. It's um, like much better than white claw. Is. So Toco Chico, they make they make normal soda water, but apparently, with, yeah. But yeah. the booze ones are amazing. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yep. But I'm, like, I'm with I'm with Rennie. I'm going for booze. I'm not going for some seltzer. Well, it's got booze in it. Like girly thing. It's got vodka in it. So this is uh this oh yeah I know that one. That's tequila. That's right? a sweet. That's cool. The bottle is amazing. Espolon. 
Well, that's probably not yeah, right. that's French versus that, Spanish. It, literally, if I drink that or bourbon and I go to work and I have a meeting at 8.30, people are going to be like, he drinks in the morning. Because mm. <laughs> it just sticks, <laughs> it sticks with me for whatever reason. I don't know. There's so, a, there a couple nights at a client that Greg and I worked at and we were out drinking. I was like, yeah. why don't you take meetings from the hotel in the morning? <laughs> We, so uh, so because we were like whiteboarding, we were sitting next to each other, and it's like, dude, what did you? I'm like, I had one shot of tequila, that uh, who uh, who that was the, one of the was one of the gatherings, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like, I I didn't even drink anything else. I had one shot of tequila, and he's like, dude, I can smell it from over here, and it's like nine o'clock in the morning, and I'm like, no. Oh. I think we were in Tucson, like, so that would have been somewhat acceptable. We were but. in Tucson. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh oh, Greg. Sorry, Freddie's about to take a sweatshirt. <laughs> <laughs> that's a cool. That's a cool hoodie, by the way. That's yeah. cool. Because and I'm trying to keep the earbuds in, but you know I got to be mindful and I got to hold on to the <laughs> There's tail. A lot, there's a lot of challenges <laughs> there, Freddie. A lot of challenges. Yeah, I'll just be hot for a minute. So I'm drinking a tequila gimlet. Mmm. Oh, nice. Did you have the pre-made, like, uh, lime cordial thing? Well, no, I just put it in there. I just, just uh, winged it. Gotcha. Good stuff. Jessica. That was delicious. Um, I am drinking Witching Hour Red wine, one of the W's. Um, but I also did just have a shot of Fernet in the break. Because it takes a minute to come off of a vacation. You yeah. gotta like yeah. ease yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, not having that many yeah. drinks. Yeah. Uh, or sugar drinks. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah. So I think we cover a lot of stuff. So, we, you know, I think we can kind of go down and just kind of talked a little bit about some highlights and stuff. I thought one of the ways it might be interesting is to kind of go down some of the characters maybe we didn't hit uh, because each one of these is a tapestry, right? The show. Uh, and in fact, I think one of the things, there's two things actually I want to cover. One is, is kind of covering some of the other characters that we think are important for reasons that are relative to what we've been talking about. And then secondly is the team that makes the show. It's not about the mm. team that's on the show. It's the team that you, the stuff that you see in terms of how they talk about each other, uh, whether it's award shows or interviews. Man, we always talk about agile. You know, when you see a good agile team, you're like, yeah, that one. I think from a show standpoint, and there's a lot of things that we probably won't get into, but there's a few points that I want to make sure that we cover. But um, so we got to start with that. We're kind of going through some of the characters. What do you guys think? I like it. Okay. Um, so we talked quite a bit about Rebecca. We haven't really talked about Keely that much. We kind of referenced her. Keely. Dude. Good point. She's, she's awesome. my she's my wife and I's favorite character. Well, Roy, like the fact that they're a couple just makes it even better, right? But Roy and her and even their relationship uh really brings their a lot to the show. Is amazing. Yeah. Uh, and and this, it, isn't, this isn't agile. This this part isn't agile stuff, and he wouldn't mind me saying this, but um, there was a day that my husband brought me home flowers just out of the clear blue nowhere, and it was because we'd watched an episode where Roy Kent sort of <laughs> realized he was being a dick mm. and, and, and was totally fine with saying, you know, yeah. you, I, I messed that up. Yeah. And uh, yeah, 
and, oh, I love and, that and he did some really really cool stuff to make up for it and he just was like man if roy kent can be a great partner i gotta i gotta step my game up a little bit guys are so stupid guys well, he's not so that's stupid. the crazy thing about it like in the second season i think it's the no, first episode or something like that where rebecca's like so what does he think of him like he checks the boxes and stuff so but here's what i would say he has bad instincts Let's just put it that way. Mm-hmm. And I know that guy. That guy is a real guy from Manchester or Birmingham or wherever he's from. Like, that guy is making that decision all day long. So the fact – but the it, the charming part, the, the way they write it is he's charming because he tries even though it's – it's not disingenuous, but it's sort of no, like – Here's cheesy, Greg. You know? mm-hmm. But, Greg, it's not I, – I actually – I don't agree with you that it's cheesy. I think that he actually, here's the thing that I appreciate about him in that relationship. And I don't think he, there was a while that he wasn't doing it on the field. Um, and, and sometimes not in the rest of his life, but in his relationship with Keely, he does his self work. Mm. He actually takes the time to look at it and say, um, okay. Yeah. I can, um, I can, I can agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. What's, I agree. What is her perspective? What am, mm. and what what have I done to create the environment that's happening now? And is is that what I is that what I really want? You know what's really interesting about what you're just saying because I'm so I'm like okay now I'm on board with that. <laughs> but the the combination of the two of them because they're both kind of narcissists, and so they they have this complicated relationship Dude, where they're I disagree i'm gonna stop you right always there keely is not a narcissist i mean she's a product of being good looking uh, and, and right. a, she is not a narcissist and that's the beauty of that character she starts off not being a narcissist that's what i love about that character is that yes she's she's, she's in a position totally to be the most narcissistic out of no. all of them she's totally self-involved no greg yeah, no okay. she has no idea the power that she has yeah. in her yeah she well, is that's different completely unaware yeah. she 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 knows that there are things that um like when that's she starts she's doing that silly modeling thing mm. and she's doing it because she my the way that i am coming up with this story is that's what she's told that she is yeah and she believes them yeah that that's all that she is yep and as Rebecca's and, conversation with her, that's amazing. She's like, so what is it that you do when she's offering her like more work through the, the club? And she's like, well, I'm kind of famous for almost being famous. And you can see her head being like, that's not me. But this is a subtle difference in what we're saying is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. She finds herself eventually, but initially she's just doing what is she thinks is expected of her. And so okay. but that's not narcissistic. She's, yeah, she, and she's what, okay, that's not she, narcissistic, though. She's no, doing not what people have told her that she is. Mm. Right, right. Which is a Rather lot of people than... in society, particularly, excuse mm-hmm. me, it's just, but particularly women, they're kind of put in like, this is what, this is your spot, depending on. We've, we've talked about this before yeah. on the yeah. show, and yeah. Sunny even called me out on the fact that I'm not naturally this blonde. <laughs> I am a version of blonde, but not this. Well, I wasn't yeah, yeah, you don't remember that I from the stereotypes that. episode. Yeah, it was amazing. Why did he say, oh, stereotypes, okay. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But I've certainly been treated like a dumb girl a lot. Which um, is, and, it, and been which told is imp- that that's, it's imp- that's, that's what I am. But it's impossible. I mean, anybody who talks to you for at least two minutes 
realizes that is well but see how see how successful keely is at the end i mean she gets she gets hired by like a big company to like run their pr greg that never that that didn't happen until there was someone who actually got curious about Mm. me like rebecca got curious about keely yes yeah who didn't just say here's your label here's who you here just i'm gonna look at you and say you're a dumb blonde girl and that's the end but but when when other humans in my space actually got curious about me and got to know me and and were my champions were the were the rebecca's for me were the ted lasso's for me i i i just assumed that i was that label and so i feel really lucky that i've had those people in my life you, that's you, insane. You, but I know that's that's that's, that's a but that's a gender not. thing, man. It's 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 different. No, I, I understand yeah. all of that. You want to get the gender just, stuff? Here I, we go. <laughs> but no, but what I'm saying is, uh, so I'm just very irritated about that because I have two daughters. I was raised by all women, so I've been around strong women my entire life, and it ins- I get incensed when somebody doesn't give like. Spend five minutes talking to somebody, and I don't care if they're a woman or a man or whatever, and then make a judgment, and you you're, might be prejudiced or might be not, but it, it makes me insane, Jessica. Like, oh. Well, and it's, it's interesting in the show is that stereotypically for a show like this, it would have been Ted that helped her discover who she really is because that's his thing, right? But it's yeah, not him. Yeah. But it's not him. And I think that was brilliant. I think that was absolutely brilliant because that's also when you start to be like, okay, Rebecca's yeah, not an evil an bitch. Like yeah, she's, yeah. she, yeah. she gets it, well, it in a way that you and I never her, would. But you know? it empowers her too. Yeah. She's not just going to wait around for some guy to tell her she's good or smart. She's doing her own thing. And right? in season two, like, it's like the romantic gesture. He's like, I got tickets. We're going to go somewhere and stuff. She's like, no, I need to, I need to concentrate on this. You know, I need to concentrate on my, this, this yeah. is my opportunity. Uh, and she even shows vulnerability. She's like, I don't, I feel like I can do it, but like, I need to make sure I do everything that I can to make, to be successful. Cause this is who I really believe I am. It's, That's it's great writing. Show is, but I just want to say, Jess, I, I'm not joking. I've, I've been, I have had been around my whole life. Strong women, smart women, strong women means one thing, but it means women who, are willing to assert their opinion about something and not just, you know, kowtow to some guy or whatever. And you are definitely one of the people I respect the most. Mm-hmm. And I could, I could name off the rest of them, by the way, just, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, Greg. I appreciate that. Um, so yeah, we were talking about this. I mean, the Keely carrier is merit amazing. And I think what I love, I'm going to yeah, add in the other yeah, thing that I please. love about Keely mm. is that as she sort of discovers that she's she's powerful and interesting and has these talents, that she never loses her authenticity. Mm-mm. That she is a very joyful, bubbly person that likes colors. And um, I don't know if anybody's seen my fingernails lately, but like, <laughs> you know, it's it's. That that she gets to it, it's this it's the same with all of these characters right like they get to embrace their whole selves mm-hmm. and that we she... never even talked about the bearded guy well beard coach beard oh, beard yeah coach beard he's uh so he 
he's a writer that actually knows all of the. He's one of the writers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which is and Roy Kent's uh, actual. He's, the, he's he, a writer. He's, he, but he's the co-creator yeah. of the entire yep. show. Yeah. They were, he was on the ads. The things that we didn't talk about that created the whole show. Oh yeah, yeah. The ads for the Here's NBC. The he was on it. You were talking, Brandon, earlier about the fact that they're a team on and off yeah. the the camera. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that the woman who plays Rebecca talks about Coach Beard is that he gives the best feedback. That he um, that he will say things both like hey, here's the thing that you're doing that is so amazing, dial it up. Mm-hmm. Or, hey, the impact that you're having when you do this, are you recognizing the impact that you might have on the show? Are, so are you talking and, about the actress giving him feedback? No, mm, co- other way co- around. The guy who plays Coach Beard is his, he, like, he's actually a producer. He's one of, he, like, he yeah. and Jason Sudeikis are both, they're, right. they're, they're partners. And, and the actress that plays Rebecca was talking about the direction that he gives and the feedback oh, that he I gives got it. Yeah. is always and and one of the things about really good teams is that they can really they can truly give feedback mm-hmm. and whether that's feedback on that was fantastic did you see the impact that that had or hey did you when you did this here's what I saw what did you see and Coach Beard, I the guy who plays Coach Beard yeah. apparently does that so well, and because there's so much respect and trust that's on that team outside of the camera, that they can say, "Thank you for that," mm-hmm. and and make make adjustments accordingly because they know that the person saying that only wants the best for them and for their acting career and for the show in general. It's how do we go to the basket together? How do we make this the best thing possible? And we don't have to, it's not, I'm, I'm never felt in a sense of offense because they're a team mm-hmm. and there is, they're a team on and off screen. Yeah. And I just add to that real quick. That was a question that someone, an interview had asked her and said, Hey, who, who would you say that's on the show that hasn't directed that, that should be a director? She's like, automatically, I think her and the actress play Keely, like, yes, him. He should be the one. Uh, and then secondly, to add to that is the actress that, that plays Rebecca, she's been on Game of Thrones. I mean, she's had a much more illustrious career than this, the guy that plays Beard. And the fact that she was like, oh, he has something to, to add to what I'm doing and is responsive like to that and thinking, like, wow, that really helped. That is really getting to like the special place. Uh, and we've been on teams like that where people are very, very senior in their careers from coaching and so forth. And they're interested in what the person who just started coaching has to say. And it's very interesting curious. in what they're doing. They're curious. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's I think, amazing. I think Rennie is in an Old Spice commercial just based on the background. I'm not sure, but I think that's what's happening. <laughs> Secondly, do, 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 I think do. using the word be, being curious about whatever is a little like uh, i don't i'm uncomfortable with it. well like, oh, so think about it Greg. curious about me i'm like i don't I, I i you know i can have a million different comments about it but i'm not gonna say i'm curious about her well it's super no, creepy no 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 no. that's not where we're going we're going like let's think about our teams we've been on, like shadow and steve who've been on the show brilliant people they've been doing this for a long time in different levels and so forth i mean 
we couldn't sing their praises enough. When we were all on a team together, well, they had to put up with me because I keep poking them with questions. But I, Jess and Brendan and other people that were on the team, and they're like, hey, we're doing this. And they'd be like, oh, tell us more. We're interested. Like, what's what's going on there? That could be really cool. I want to know more about well, that. You, well, you the, you, the word interested is better than curious. Well, it's I mean, weird. that curious. No, you're just being weird. It's just freaky. I don't you're know. Weird. Sorry, it's just a weird thing. Well, it's I'm also freaked out about Rennie doing his Old Spice commercial <laughs> while we're doing the, you know. <laughs> Randy's a man of many talents. Randy is multitasking. Yeah, yeah. By yeah. the way, you could do the Old Spice commercial because you're super handsome. You're. I mean, I remember when I first met you, I was like, "This guy is. He's so big, and he's so. And it's like a guy. I don't. It's a you guy are a lot taller than I thought you were, honestly, when I met you in person. He's, he's, what are you six four, six five? Six, yeah. 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 And you just like see me. He's just like this massive, handsome guy, and you're just like, oh, I want to be him. And then, and then you're like, but I'm pasty and white and six one. There's no <laughs> way I'm ever gonna be that person. And you know, but and and then I immediately loved you. We had we we met in Tucson for the first time, right? No, no, he was in uh, Tucson. On a van, in a van. No, no, no. In Tucson. No, no, no. That wasn't that wasn't Rennie. Rennie wasn't with us in, in Tucson. He uh, first you one. Know, I know. No, no, Atlanta. 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 It was, was Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Tucson. Tucson was the. And we castle. might have been in a van in Atlanta, if I recall. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Um, well, Greg. Sure. Greg had a, a rough uh, weekend that Atlanta weekend. Um, yeah, I, I got a migraine. That was yeah. So let me let me keep going here, so we can uh, not have this go forever, forever. Um, we have Jamie. Tar- do, 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 do. We kind of talked about him a little bit, right? But talk about the 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 arc. We kind of touched on it a little bit from being like what we thought was the antagonist uh, to you know he was with Keely, and that's an interesting piece too with Keely, right? He liked figured out he liked being with her because he made she made him a better version of like who he really thought he was gonna wanted to be right um maybe starting off as superficially but there was even an episode he says that Greg, where he literally says you know you actually believe in me i don't like her i just don't like her what you're crazy i don't i don't like her she's superficial and she's she's a she's a gadget this is a problem this is a problem when you watch the whole episode of one day (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Greg, I, re- I recommend go back and actually like, yeah. yep. well, I know what you guys are saying. I know what you guys are saying, but I'm just saying she's a gadget for the show. Like she's a she's a foil for the rest of the people around her. OK, no, she brings a, she brings a light mm. from the beginning, from the beginning. And that's the thing. Like yep. she she's only a gray area in the show because she believed in herself a little bit more than in the beginning, but she's the least gray area of character from the beginning to where she is now. That's more of like a logical progression versus finding out more about them and all kind of stuff. All right, let's go move on. Uh, cause we can't be on forever. Uh, we've got Nate, the great Shelly. We talked about a little bit, but it's going to be interesting going into season three, uh, given his, I'm curious about, I'm his, curious his about character development. And it's, you know, in the kind of one of the last episodes of season two, he kind of basically gives it, so, gives so it Nate's to the, like handsome guy. No, no, no. Right? Nate's the little Indian guy. Oh, yeah. Weasel. yeah. No, 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 no. But again, Nate, 
he took he did he did start to take a little bit of a dark turn yeah. for a minute. Yeah. And I was like, what what is going on yeah. here? Right. Which I love. Which I love it for, not for the, for him because I don't want him to be like that because you love the character so much. But that yeah. that that confrontation that he has with uh, Ted Lasso, it may be the last the episode end. of season two. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, all I was doing is trying to get your yeah. attention. All I was doing is you know do, you know doing everything I could and all this kind of stuff. And I don't care. He's a weasel. He did a bunch of horrible things. I don't like the guy. Well, but it, that's why I'm saying I think season three could be interesting, right? Well, this will be a big challenge for them. The part- that's the part where I'll be curious yeah. if they put him in a box. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They haven't done that with the other yeah. character. Exactly. No, they're not. Yeah. I think they're, 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 they're fleshing out something with his character that's going to be, I think it's already interesting. It's going to be even more so because like the part that the kiss. Yeah. Again, how Keely like, handles that so well, by the way. Yeah, yes. you, women yeah. get put in that situation. Yeah. There's a lot of different ways I to react, yeah. and she yeah. really—that's yeah. a guy's perspective, right? Like, oh, she handled that really well, but you know it, that embarrasses him even more. And that Roy's like, yeah, don't worry about it. And he's pissed about Jamie saying, you know, he loved her and stuff more than actually him kissing. Her. It's an interesting dynamic that's there. Um, but yeah, I think that. But that shows he's where, stupid. but but where's but like where's the Rupert stuff it. you see in the at the funeral episode that uh, was it Lauren that said they really liked the episode the the funeral one yep where at the oh. end Rupert says to Rick, so, oh he's being nice whispers he's like, something in his ear and he whispers something in yep. his ear and then the last episode when they show that he's a coach he's there again whispering in the ear and I think that's a really important thing for the world that we live in whether it's our teams yep. or whether it's the people that we're coaching. Like, well, that's what I was going to ask is, so what happens when, to bring it back to Agile, and, uh, you know, I could name specific people, which, which I won't, of course, but there are people who behave in ways that even if you know in a sh- TV show, their intentions might work out. You don't know. We don't know. But they do things in a way that's very detrimental and negative and destructive to a team. How do you deal with them? Well, I can tell you, I, I sometimes fall into it myself. You know, I'll be perfectly... Well, I, trust me, I can tell you. Yeah. No, where... We talked about stance, right? And the stance that Ted takes, even though he's got a lot of stuff going on, he, he stays consistent in terms of how he thinks about people, regardless of who they are and what they do. I mean, he doesn't lash back out at Nate when he gives it gives him the business. He tries to apologize. He doesn't take it. That happens, right? So I think we're all capable of doing that. And I catch myself right now and then. I'm like, ah, I'm kind of being on the negative side. I need to, and that's that's one of the reasons I love the show because it's kind of like, uh, you go down that path very easily, which again, why but I love how it. How far do you? How but but Brandon, how far do you go down that path? That affects if you have seventeen people on a team uh. and you got one person who's being destructive. How long do you wait? Because you, you can't, you have to take care of the whole team, not one person. Yeah, no, I agree. It's, it's, I was just doing more self reflection in turn versus the coaching piece. I mean, I've, I've been guilty of giving people the benefit of the doubt in terms of where stuff's coming from. I've definitely been guilty of that. Uh, but what I also have to remember is, I mean, Nate has a somewhat legitimate thing. Like, he, you know, he he goes after Roy to bring him in to be the coaching, and he's like the golden child. And like, that sucks to kind of like be like the person that 
they brought in and said, we're going to help you achieve what you want to achieve. And then you start seeing yourself replaced. That's uh, you gotta, you gotta be, you gotta, we talk about reading the room. You gotta pay attention to that. Sorry, Jess was going to go. I apologize. Well, actually I was going to say something that I heard Rennie say, uh, both on this podcast and in real life. Um, I heard him say it and I was applauding with vigor. Um, but that no, there's nobody that's not coachable. Mm. Right. Every everyone is coachable, and I think that that's there's part of that that everyone is um, everyone is is open to to coaching, and everyone has someone that they're becoming. Mm-hmm. And but at what means- price, Jess? At what price do you pay for the entire team? There are seventeen people let's just say there's 17 people that require the same amount of attention that you're talking about and you got one person who's a derelict who's not doing the right thing who's destructive you you need to spend your time on 16 people who actually do have exactly what you just said which is the potential and they want to be coached and they want to get better and you but you have an obligation, by the way, as a manager, to make sure that they have a career path and all that. Like, I, I'm getting rid of the one guy. Like, I, I'm not even questioning it. Mm. Rennie, what do you guys say? Or, so or say, woman, whatever. Mm-hmm. What, whatever. Just, just for the sake of energizing the discussion, I would say consider how the opposite is true. Consider how that one of the 17 that if you create a win for him or her, the impact it's going to have on the other 16 to observe and witness your commitment to every single person, right? Because believe me, if you see this person as a struggle, the other 16 people see the same thing. So now what do we, you know, what do we want to create here? Well, yeah. Stop being positive. Yeah. Well, I mean, you have Rennie. to worry about the poison okay. pill. I mean, that's a real thing, Rennie. So I agree yeah, with you 100. percent But I will also to 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 agree with Greg on that point to a certain extent. But I will also say when we've talked about this in the past with Rennie with other coaches, people had the opinions like sometimes people aren't ready to be coached in a per- particular moment. And I think that's true too. I think Good that's point. true too. Good point. I think yep. you, you don't necessarily give up on them completely. But you also either have to gain a better understanding of where they're at. And like this whole yeah. show does, right? This whole show is really an emphasis on finding what the, the underlying things are, right? Uh, so sometimes that takes a lot of effort. And sometimes people are just like, they're not willing to share. They're in a space. And you just say, hey, I'm here for you, right? Yeah. And you check in with them. And maybe they're not going to share anything. But if you continuously do it in a way that's, the right kind of sequence and, you know, they don't feel like you're constantly on them and stuff. I find that you'll hit them at a right time where they're going to be willing to share what's really going on. And that's, that's powerful. I agree. And they deserve the chance, right? I mean, that's the other thing. They do. Unless they do something again, derelict to wreck the team, they deserve a chance and it may take time, but you should put the time in. I agree with that. Trust me. I have coached a lot of people Brandon, that needed a lot of work. <laughs> this is true. This is very true. <laughs> okay, real quick, Danny Rojas, football is life. Come on, that guy. You know, Danny Rojas. Rojas. <laughs> Danny Rojas. <laughs> football is 
<laughs> Football's life. I mean, just just leave it at that. That's such a brilliant character in a lot of ways too. Roast me, muchacho. <laughs> Well, and I also think that that's an important player on the team. So yeah. as a coach, as a, you know, as a, or as somebody who's building teams, mm. right, you, you, you actually do need the Roy Kents who are like, fuck this shit. Mm. We can do better. Mm. Blah, 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 you know, like all of that stuff. You like, you need that. Again, we talked about patterns, right? Like you cut, you need that that guy that's going to be the one that pushes everybody to think a little bit differently or to push themselves a little bit harder, right? The one that's mm-hmm. going to be on the field before everyone and off the field before or off the field after everyone. You there's you need all of again you, you're building a group of humans that are going to be able to come together to do something amazing, and I think you also need the Dannys. I think you yeah. I think. Sometimes as a coach, you have to be the Danny Rojas, yeah. or as the team lead, you have to be the Danny Rojas, like the one that actually that 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 just knows that he's in the right place and that everyone is that everyone is excited about this mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. The joy, as you are. the joy, and yeah. oh, the joy, yeah. bringing the joy yeah. into it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I think we've all either been on the teams with people like that or coach teams like that. And it can be very easy to concentrate on them to what we were talking about, Greg, which is like. And and Jess, this is one of the things I love about you so much is that 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 joy part and people don't use that word very often. That that is when I'm talking. So I'm just started a new job. So I have all these 27 people or whatever they're reporting to me. And when I talk to each one of them, I talk about what do you need? What do you need from me? Because I'm not they're like, well, do you want me to tell you if I'm taking my doctor's appointment or whatever? I'm like, no, you can manage your own time. You're a adult professional person who can manage their own time and do your work. But if you need something, come to me because that's what my job is. I'm not managing you. I'm supporting you, you know, and it's really interesting to have all these conversations. And I, I'd love to actually have a conversation with you about this, Jess, about because these people are all way different, but they work for a really good company mm. who ha- basically shares the same values, um, and they have a good product. But you know, I mean, there's still questions about who do I report to, what do I do, all that. But for the most part, every time I talk to them, I'm like, no, I'm not. You're man. I'm not managing you. That's a, that's a horrible, horrible thing. Mm. And, you know, if you want to have a one-on-one, I'll have a one-on-one, but I should always be one-on-one with you, always. Like, like you mm. should just call me if you need me to, to talk to me. Don't wait till Tuesday, you know? And so I think that that spirit is really important that you brought up. And, um, and I think people are unfamiliar with it, let's put it that mm. way. So another character I want to bring up because we talked about Roy, and I think this character is actually really important to his to Roy's character development is Isaac McAdoo, the guy that uh, winds up being the captain. Uh, oh, it says bruv. <laughs> hey, bruv. Uh, yeah, he's interesting from the fact that uh, I think uh, uh, Nate the Great gives him kind of that as part of the roasting where he's like, you act really tough, but what are you actually doing on the field? Uh, he becomes the captain because Roy sees that he really cares, right? But then in season two, you see that he's struggling and it's actually Roy who kind of takes him back to where he used to play soccer. And it's like, you're missing the yeah, love of it. Yeah, yeah, you, you, you've, yeah. you've become a professional, 
right? Um, yeah. I mean, Renny, you may have some context on this from just kind of playing in sports and stuff, but you know, where it doesn't become a fun thing that you grew up as a kid doing and you love doing it, right? To right. to wait, being like a wait, Renny played sports. I didn't know this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I try not to advertise it because, you know, Rennie's much, much, much more than someone who played football back in the day. But uh, I mean, I'd be, you know, curious, Rennie, from your standpoint, is there anything you see in, in that kind of that character arc for Isaac that, that resonates? Yeah, of course it does. So <clears throat> for me, um, I think I may have shared this story before, but, you know, it's that moment when you realize it's a business. Um, and so that's so so that in that moment there's some adjustment that you have to do internally to to because you can't you can't treat it like fun and games the way you used to and as a child right you have to respect the fact that it's a business and there's other pressures that are bearing down on the efforts that you make every day um but also uh continue to keep it fun and keep the energy that got you motivated and got you to, you know, that was your part of your winning formula. Mm. So it's a tricky, tricky balance. And for me, you know, I was in college. I was like at the time, I think I was 19 years old or maybe 20. And we had a terrible game and a coach came in and he was really upset and he was throwing chalk around the room back then. We did, you know, we used chalk on the board (laughs) and he was going on about not, not, wanting to have to take his kids out of a particular middle school. And in, in my brain, I'm thinking, what does me missing that block have to do with your kids in this middle school? And then it just all of the, you know, synaptic gaps start to happen. Oh, right. If we fuck up and we lose, you get fired. You have to move your family. Oh, okay. This is a mm-hmm. business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, I think what I, uh, and I think what you just said was so profound because it's what it's what Jess said about joy and enjoying your job and wanting to go to your job. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's a business and you have to think about the business. I mean, yes, really, you have to. And there, you don't really have a choice between the two. But you want to, if you can, in some way, magically so, make it all work together. That's, you know. So let's go back. Let's let's contextualize it. the sandbox. Right. Mm. That's part of the dimension of the sandbox. sandbox. It's a business. Mm. You have to know certain things. You have to have certain competency. In the context of those competencies and in the context of the business environment, from there is where you bring that creativity and that play and that special stuff. And that's and I think that honestly is the message of this show. Yep. It's it's the I message agree. of the show of understanding that it's a business. And, you know, he gets quoted as saying, it's not about the wins and losses, and you can quote me on it again. And Trent Krim's like, I can't believe you said that more than once, right? Because we're going to destroy you in the press if you keep doing this, it's saying stuff like that. But is it reality? It'd be interesting. But I think there's some interesting parallels in some of the stuff I've been seeing in sports recently for the ones that you've got, uh, whether it's, athletic directors in college or you've got uh you know pro uh owners and stuff some of them think differently and it's and it makes a big and profound difference for those we talked about those teams those teams that win a lot 
you're the one you're seeing that yes they have understanding it's professional however there's a connection and it has to come from somewhere well and i'll take that to the book that i've been recommending to everyone lately the heart of business that if you if you care about your people and you pay attention to not just the people that work for you but for like the environment and how do we help as as a very large corporation how do we help under underserved underprivileged kids have access to technology like and really do it really buy into it and how do we care about the environment that because all of all of the stakeholders are humans mm. and people are end. starting to th in yeah. the end and people are starting to think differently and if you truly care about the people whether it's the people as your customer whether it, and where they're not just a customer that's coming into your store to buy something but you actually care whether or not they're buying the right thing that's going to serve them best whether you and or your employees or I mean, name the myriad of stakeholders that we have as organizations in the, the planet Earth. That your bottom line actually go, you make more money by doing all of these things that actually care, that you truly care, and not fluff care, but actually care. I'm going to do the right thing for the environment. I'm going to do the right even though occasionally it might be a little bit of a hit, like I'm, I'm, it's going to be more expensive for me to put solar panels up, but, but people are going to hear about that and they're going to say, you know what? I actually want to shop there because of, because you're doing this, because you're doing this, because you're doing this, the environment that we're in is changing. And I believe wholeheartedly that if you put the care into human beings, the profit will come in. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that part of that is what we talked with Josh in the last episode, which is uh, we're in the, the midst of the great resignation. People are going to get really choosy about where they work and do the values that I have because yep. I'm spending more time at right. work than I am individually. Absolutely. Does right. it match with, you know, hey, you've got kids right. or hey, you've got grandparents, hey. you got parents you have to take care of. Hey, you have life. Like, we care about this, that. This, this great resignation age is to me is, is people saying, "I don't. I only want to do things that align with my values, mm -hmm. right?" So, so it's just values forward. And by the way, I think this is great. Yeah, I think. I mean, it, it's so, sorry it took a pandemic to kind of force the hand, obviously, but yes, I hundred percent agree. And sometimes you need that kind of catalyst to force change, really. Well, and I, 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 I'll just give you an example. Um, to, so today I had this kind of unfortunate meeting with the CEO of the company that I just joined because uh, I was stupid and said dumb things. But he, their, their, their ethos is exactly what you're talking about. It's how do we contribute? How are we going to make sure we communicate how we contribute? How are we going to make sure that we keep our people healthy, good, and, and that means time off, health, you know, all that? I mean, they they have this this ethos that is all about that. Now, you know, and so I think that I think that 
as long as they can maintain that, because that's not the easy. That's not an easy thing to do, by the way. That, I mean, that's a hard, especially if you're private equity or whatever. But, but it's 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 a noble thing to do, and everybody responds to it very, very, very positively. Yeah, and I just want to wrap up because the other point we wanted to talk about really quick was the the actual actors. We t- we touched on it a little bit, but this this group that creates this show. The one thing I want to point out is across the board almost every single actor that's on the show and the writers and everyone else says it's amazing because in that second season it could have all been about Sudeikis right it could have been very much it's it's my show I'm the main character I'm responsible for like making sure it's successful you see in the second episode in the second season he starts to pull back as the main character quote unquote right all of the other people that are part of the show their characters are the ones that are more developed with the exception of him and his relationship with uh, Dr. Sharon Fieldstone, right? But he builds up yeah, her character. Talk about that, right? Yeah. He builds up her character. But what you see in every interview, you see the award shows. I mean, the the one who plays Rebecca, you guys, I'll put it on the link on the website for this episode. Her speech about she basically talks about the impact that Sudeikis made on her and her kids. She's a single mom. Uh, was not just the show. It was the I mean, she, she was on Game of Thrones and had some success from that, but she was like, you changed my life. This is one of those on Game of Thrones, right? I Do you mean, know the interesting thing about Jason Sudeikis is that when he talks about Ted Lasso, he talks about, um, this is the person that I wish that I was. Mm-hmm. And like, this is the, like, this is the, this is the best version of me. That oh, really? Ted Lasso is the best version of me, and every single person around him, every time he says that, looks at him and says, this, he, "He's not the best. He is you." Yeah, yeah. All the other people he, on the show, he, yeah, he is you yeah. all the time. Yeah. It's this is you. Yeah, and he doesn't see it. It's very, it's very honest. It's very earnest. He's not putting on airs about about that, um, but everyone else sees him. It, this, this is not the best version when you wake up in the morning and you have a perfect day. This is, this mm-hmm. is who you are every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, we say it all the time. We've been on teams together, right? Where we're like that. You said it earlier, Jess, when people ask you about the best thing you'd be on, it's easy. It's like, it's a snap judgment that you know that you feel very confident about. And, uh, that's the that's there's so many levels to the show. I'm glad we had a chance to to talk about this together, given that we've been on teams together and we've in various shorts various sorts and we've coached teams, right? Like it's it's a multi level look at um, teams, both the ones you're part of and the ones that you're trying to to help them get to what Lauren talked about, right? Which is and I, really I, affecting I their add, lives. Yeah, and I would add this to Jess's point, who, again, I very much appreciate. I think I made her mad during this episode. But um, it's respect and trust. And if you don't focus on those two things, which are not easy, they're not easy to do. But if you can't focus on those two things, you're not going to build a team. Because you have to have those two pieces in order to, and, and then you have to have intelligence and all the rest of the stuff. But trust and respect is how you build a team. Even if you have deficient people, you know, on the team who need help to get to a different place, they need education, they need support, or whatever. 
but you 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 have to respect them and get them up and then trust them as well and so to me i think that again is the takeaway from a coaching perspective which jessica is so good at is that those two things are the thing i bring up all the time is trust and respect which i learned from siq yeah and we're all going to go off to do various things whether it's where we are now or somewhere else and i think the effect of you're going to hear those actors down the road. They'll answer the question the same way. Oh, it's Ted Lasso. What made a difference in your life is that show. Oh. <laughs> you know? Well, but here's the other thing I would say about that is that they've had that experience. Mm. And they're going to take that experience mm. with them. I always think so about. So it expands, right? Like, yeah. The ripples, right? Mm. Like the ripple effect that, that an experience like that will have, that an experience like working with someone like Ted Lasso will have. Mm-hmm. Um, that. that was a really big that was like a giant rock right that now is giving ripples out into the world and so all of those actors and writers and crew members everybody on the show now has a little bit of that magic Mm -hmm. that they're going to take out into the world and they're going to drop their own rocks and create their own ripples because they've had that experience and they know how good it can be and they're going to strive to continue that and I think that's that's part of the magic of Ted Lasso. And I well, think that's hope, part of the magic hope. of coaching. Yeah. Yeah. It's but I again I will go back to everything you said about there's like thirty things you said just that mm-hmm. I appreciate. And I'm not sucking up to you. Maybe I am a little bit, but it's also Stop just, trying to recruit me, Greg. <laughs> but it's just but it's but it's also just having the connection and the commitment to people, to humans, right? Because humans are awesome. Most of, almost ninety-eight percent of the time, humans are awesome. And like I always used to say this when I first started managing, I used to go to these like uh, Christmas parties and stuff. And I and I knew everybody's wife's name. I knew all their kids' names. I didn't know them maybe personally, but I could have a conversation about their family, about, you know, and they, they knew I was committed, you know, I think that's important. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's, there's, you know, we shall be goldfish more like goldfish, right? (laughs) Uh, Which is a great quote from that show. But I mean, the, the, the end of the first season where it's like, I promise you there's something worse out there than being sad, and that's being alone and being sad. And he says, no one in this room is alone. Yeah. It's, that's, that's some good writing right there, because we've all been there, but when you have a team, right, there's, there's nothing better, because we can, all, we can all pick each other up, we can all understand each other, and it's for all the teams we coach, too. Right, making sure that they don't feel alone, because that's pretty much our job. <laughs> yep. Right. Yep. All right. You're going well, on a journey, and you're not alone. You're not alone. Well, I. And, they're, they're, and it's amazing to celebrate. Look at our team. Look at our team. You guys all came to Phoenix. We love each other. Like, I yeah. tell my wife, like, we're family. Yeah. And it's amazing to be part of family, and to this family, I want to say thank you. It's uh, late uh, in the night for. Uh, a lot of you. So love and appreciate you guys. This was a lot of fun. Uh, hope everyone has an awesome holiday and new year, and we'll pick it up again in the new year. Thank Happy you, holidays. Happy holidays, love guys. You. Cheers. Happy holidays.
Thanks, Rennie. All right. Bye-bye.